Hey Forensicators, welcome to another episode of Forensics Faces. I'm your host, Kurt Graves. Today, I welcome another friend from my forensics past to the podcast. Kathleen Melvin was a student at Sheboygan South, but we actually met doing theater before high school. I was so happy to have a chance to sit down and catch up with Kathleen a few months ago. Always the creative type, Kathleen is also a great leader and a great organizer. And those qualities have served her well in her latest venture, starting a traveling theater troupe based out of Chicago. Kathleen shares her perspective on the differences between learning how to be successful in forensics and how to be successful in theater. And she also shares some great stories about her former coach and one of my favorite people, Ty Wesley. Here's my conversation with Kathleen. Hello, Kathleen. Welcome to Forensics Faces. Thank you. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am excellent. We are sitting here in my house. This is the first Forensics Faces podcast that uh, has been f- recorded in this apartment. So I that's exciting. Honored. So thanks for coming here. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, uh, what you do now, where you're living, that sort of thing. Introduce yourself to the Forensics Faces audience. Okay. Um, I grew up in Sheboygan, so when I was doing forensics, I was at Sheboygan South, and um, after I graduated from there, I went to UW-Parkside, which is in Kenosha, just over the Illinois border, and I studied theater there, and um, after I graduated from Parkside, I worked in Milwaukee for a little bit with a couple different theater companies, and then spent some time working with a theater company in Minnesota. I'd always thought that I would go to New York. You know, you're an actor, you go to New York. But when I was at school in Parkside, at Parkside, I spent a lot of time going to see shows in Chicago, meeting with Chicago professionals. Um, It was really easy to get to because there's a metro train that runs from Kenosha to Chicago. So um, I and my classmates spent a lot of time in Chicago, and I started to realize that there's this awesome theater community there that I felt really comfortable with. And um, so when I was done with my contract in Minnesota, a friend and colleague and I moved together to Chicago, where I have been for about two and a half years now doing theater with all sorts of companies, um, established companies, emerging companies, mostly new work or um, adaptations of of classic work um so yeah last two two and a half years that's what i've been doing in chicago fantastic and we're going to talk more about um your theater experience and what you've been doing down in chicago in a little bit but um first i want to find out about your involvement in forensics so tell us your forensic story how did you get started um i know you reached some impressive levels of success so make sure to brag on yourself a little bit um (laughs) so what what is your forensic story well, I, um, this will seem a little opt- off topic, but I have three older sisters, and my two oldest sisters are about 10 years older than I am. So when I was in elementary school, they were in high school, and I knew that they did forensics, I knew that they did debate, I knew that they did track and swimming and all of these other things, and I wanted to do everything that they did when I got to high school. Um, And of course, I didn't do everything that they did. But one of the things that I did follow in their footsteps was doing forensics and debate. And that actually became one of the main focuses of the time that I spent 
in high school. My time in forensics, I did a number of categories. Um, I did prose and oil and oratory and play acting and duo and public forum. Um, yeah, I feel like there are others, but but I did, I, I, I dabbled. Oh, I did four minute, I remember that. Um, but yeah, there were lots of categories that I did in forensics. Um, and then I ended up, um, my freshman year, oh, solo hum, I didn't mention that one, my freshman year I did solo hum and um, I was that year an alternate to CFL Nationals. Later on, I ended up going to CFL Nationals in oil. And I think I ended up being a quarter finalist, maybe. Um, I got a trophy that I remember it was heavy. I think that was the um, year that you and I were both quarterfinalists together, yes, meeting outside yes, the room after our quarterfinals and being like, mm-hmm. you made it? Mm-hmm. I made it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I remember that. So that was exciting. And then um, my senior year, I ended up going to NFL Nationals for oratory, which oratory was, was sort of my favorite. And so that was a big accomplishment in my mind. And I, I'm really glad I got to do that. So what lessons did you learn from forensics that you're still using today? Um, I am, in general, a really quiet person. I'm not someone who is great at small talk (laughs) or at approaching people. And so being um, sort of forced into this world where you sit outside of a room and wait for a judge and you like look at these other people who are sitting in the hallway with you and and you're you're forced into that sort of camaraderie. That was really good for me. Um, As far as the activity itself... um, I've always prided myself on being a really good writer and um, most of the improvement that I saw in my writing during high school actually came from doing forensics, from writing speeches, um, from prepping for public forum rather than from actual classwork. And so that's something that that has really um, stuck with me as now I'm like writing blogs and um, writing plays and um a, a a lot of things in in that sort of arena that I think come back to the flexibility that I learned in writing for forensics. You had the chance to be involved in acting both in forensics and in drama. And I think that that's something a lot of high school kids in the state of Wisconsin have the privilege to do. Describe those two experiences. Do you think that there was a great difference or one had more impact on you than the other? I think that they're very they're two very different skill sets. Working on full productions or even on, you know, audition work, monologues, whatever, is a very different style from what's presented in forensics. And so you really have to learn how to how to navigate the differences between between those two things. Otherwise you get used to the um maybe what what leans more toward like the melodrama um, or caricature, depending on what category you're doing in forensics, 
versus the the simplicity that you need when you go into doing a stage production or camera work or whatever. And so I I, I feel like they're they're almost incomparable. Um, and that just because you're good at one doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be good at the other. So you are the first person I've had on the podcast who has had Ty Wesley as a coach. And I have been waiting (laughs) since I started this to talk about Ty Wesley. So can you just describe Ty Wesley as somebody who had him as a student? Um, My first experience with Ty was in my freshman English class. And um, he had this classroom that was sort of a cave it didn't have any windows and um apparently when he was moved into the classroom they had asked him as a drama teacher what he would need and he asked them to build a stage in his classroom what really happened is that they took the back end of his classroom and put a three inch platform on it which turned into the place where he put his desk and so ty would sort of sit on his platform behind his desk and um, and rule from that throne. <laughs> so that was my first experience with Ty. Is is um, academically, when I first auditioned for him, I was thirteen years old, and um, he hadn't chosen the play that we were going to do in like six weeks yet. So we were just sort of auditioning in a vacuum. We didn't know what we were auditioning for. He was just like giving us scenes from different things. And um, a bunch of us were up reading and he asked me to pull my hair back, which I did. And the girl that I was reading with like gave him a weird look. And he said, well, she looks like she's 12. There's no, there are no roles for 12 year olds in this play. And, uh, he, he was very much just a person who said it like it is. Um, and he, he has this like booming, commanding voice when he wants to. Um, he also had hard, has a hard time with names. <laughs> and so he gave us all nicknames. And um, I, I don't remember what he called me if, if there were nicknames, but... Um, there would be things like you, skinny girl, <laughs> or my friend Richie had a signature red shirt that he wore, and so he was, hey, boy in the red shirt, <laughs> all the time. Um, so yeah, Ty, Ty is a character, and I love him a lot, and he, uh, like, like I said before, he just, he, he's a straight talker. He doesn't allow you to take any leeway that isn't yours. Um, and if he thinks you're not doing something right, he'll tell you. When Ty was coaching, um, he, he had no qualms about getting up in your personal space. And so, especially if you were working, he, he, he didn't generally coach speakers. And so most of the coaching that I got from him was in like my freshman and sophomore year when I was doing more of the, the acting categories. And, um, he would get right up close to you an inch away and like move your body around he would like gesture wildly and tell you to replicate the gesture <laughs> um, which of course 
being a, a little a little white girl, like I, I could I just couldn't move the way that he did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I spent a lot of time trying to mimic these things that that Ty was able to do, and um, and I actually learned a lot about my own physicality through that. Um, a lot about my physical limitations. <laughs> um, he was, he, um, I mean, sort of like I said before, he was just, he's, he was very intense about what he thought you could achieve. And if you didn't want to do that, fine. Like he wasn't gonna, gonna force you into anything. But if he thought you could do something um, and you wanted it, he was going to, to, you know, wildly gesticulate your way to that goal um, as, as best as he could. What is your favorite forensics memory? My favorite forensics memory. Oh, I have so many memories of forensics. Um, bus rides and sitting in the auditorium waiting for awards silly games the the nationals that we were together in in dc um there were only two of us from my team there um me and my friend gina and gina and i spent a lot a lot of that weekend of course going to see um museums and all of the things that you should see when you're in DC. But I have a lot of memories of us just being really goofy around the hotel. Like there we like posed with a shuttle bus cuz we thought it was cool that we were staying at a Hyatt. <laughs> and looking back I'm like, "Oh, I thought a Hyatt was like the epitome of swank." And um I realize now that it is not, but, but we were really impressed. I really hope nobody from the Hyatt Corporation is listening to this podcast right now. I'm going to get sued. I, I very much enjoyed my stay at the Hyatt in, in D.C., just to make that clear. And if someone put me up in that hotel now, I would still feel like I was having the best vacation ever. What is your proudest forensics moment? When I, went, when I went to NFL Nationals for oratory, I didn't make it past the first cut. But because oratory was so important to me and I felt such ownership over my work and um, so comfortable with the category, just getting to that point and getting to go out to Salt Lake City and be in this this community of other kids who were just as passionate about writing a speech about a persuasive topic. Like in, in, in my life now where I go to my day job and I look at the people around me, like there are very few people that when I say I did forensics, they're like, they're able to connect in the way that sitting in a hallway full of national qualifiers, um, that there's there's that immediate connection, and I, I 
I am very proud of myself that I got to that point and got to share that community. Do you remember what your oratory was about? My senior year, senior year may have been the year that I wrote about the importance of of curbing expectations because <laughs> I'm always a very positive person. Um, I'm a pragmatist in life, um, but how it, it's a, it's a dangerous position in which to put ourselves when when we uh, make ourselves unreachable goals. Is that advice you still follow today? Yes. I think it's very important to to um, create goals that are are attainable. Good. Good. Okay, one last <laughs> question about forensics before okay. we move on. Um, you were one of the team leaders. I remember this very clearly. I mean, it was, it was more than just one year at mm-hmm. South. I mean, you really spent a few years growing that team in a very special way. And if I remember correctly, even after you graduated, that team kept growing. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is something I try to communicate to my kids all the time, that um, you can have wonderful coaches, as you did in Steve Thompson Mm -hmm. and Ty Wesley, and you can still have a very small program if the students don't get behind what forensics Mm -hmm. is and they don't promote it within their school. So what advice would you give to students today who are on a smaller team, but who feel passionately about the activity and want to grow it? Beyond um, being a leader in, you know, saying, hey, if you need if you need help with your piece, come sign up with me. We'll work on it. Um, those things are really important as as one of the more experienced students. But I think that maybe even more important than the actual work that you're doing is creating an environment that's warm and welcoming and um, things like having game nights or when you're on the bus playing silly games or doing silly tongue twisters that people, when when they get off the bus at the end of the night, they remember doing those those goofy fun things. Sometimes as a student, it's hard to look at a teacher as a person who you know, goes to the grocery store at the end of the night or goes home and plays with their dog. Like, as a, as a freshman, looking at those juniors and seniors who are just so good and so talented and work so hard, um, it's hard to see past that and see that they're just like everyone else. And so to, to make sure that the younger kids around you can see that you're a goofy weird kid too and that... Um, you're all the same. I think that's super important. All right. So now let's talk about what's going on in your life at the moment. Yes. Um, you have started. Well, I'll let you tell. <laughs> you, you tell us all about it. Okay. Um, last May, um, a colleague and I started a children's theater company. When I moved to Chicago, I got really involved with an educational company called Great Works. And um, what they do is they take hour-long performances that are literature and history-based, and they go into schools. So I do three different shows with them. And um, as I was spending more time in schools, and um, my friend that I started the company with, Cassandra, um, she was spending a lot of time in schools working with several different educational theater companies. We just started to realize that there's a lot of opportunity for kids 
to see theater, um, specifically theater geared for people under the age of 18, um, there's not a lot of of opportunity for kids to participate. And beyond that, there's very, very little opportunity for them to um, participate in theater alongside professional theater practitioners. And we believe that it's really important um, for people to have the opportunity to work with those professional actors, the, the directors, the designers, because they have a world of experience to, to share with those students. And there's just, like I said, not a lot of opportunity for that to be shared. And so what we're doing right now is um, it's a company that sort of works on two tracks. We provide week-long theater residencies to schools or youth organizations, churches, um, anyone that has a group of students that would benefit from arts programming. Um, And so we'll go into this organization for a week, meet the students, audition them, cast them in roles. Over the course of the week, we rehearse a full play. And by the end of the week, the kids are ready to perform. So it's... um, simply an immersion program. And um, at the end of the week, they come out with a, a, a real sense of teamwork about what they have accomplished, um, learning about trust and responsibility and having respect for other artists. And um, super excited um, to bring it back to Sheboygan because this is where I learned how to do what I do, um, not only to, to be an actor, but to be a teacher. And um, I spent a lot of time doing children's theater and other community theater here um, for the Theater for Young Audiences, which is, is a children's company that's here in Sheboygan. Is I just remembered that's how we met. It is. It is how we oh, met wow. in Wind in the Willows. You yes. played the chauffeur. Yes. Money, sir. Don't tempt me with money. Copyright. Copyright. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> they don't know who wrote that. Though. That's true. It might don't. be. In, it might be in the novel, which is public domain. Um, so yeah, theater for young audience is one of the best, um, I think, educational companies that that I've experienced, and I'm super fortunate to have had my first theatrical experiences be through them. And um, the community here is so supportive of kids being interested in the arts. And so I sort of leapt at this opportunity to, to bring this programming here and provide another um, outlet for that and something that's very different than anything that's currently being done here. As a final word mm-hmm. before we go to the quiz, <laughs> okay. um, what advice would you give to students who are participating in forensics right now? Oh my goodness, that's a heavy question. What advice would I It's your chance to I influence give? the young Ooh. masses. I don't usually do that through advice. Um, the years that I went to nationals, um, mostly the year that I went with oratory, I realized later that if I had held myself more personally responsible in the weeks before nationals, 
that I had the potential to go a lot further than I did. And that's something that I regret. Um, being a little lazy, thinking, you know, it's almost summer. This will be a fun trip. Um, so I would say, no matter what point you get to, you can always work harder. <laughs> um, whether that means, you know, picking up a piece a week before a tournament and being like, what else? I got this. Because um, so many it, people talk like that. <laughs> yes, I talk like that. <laughs> um, what else? I got this. Um, but to actually, you know, put all of yourself into it. If this is what you want to do, do it, but do it hard. That's my advice to all of you friends of caters. I like it. <laughs> I also appreciate the gesture that accompanied it. <laughs> yes. I wish people in the internet <laughs> could see. It is time for our <laughs> our Forensic Spaces game. It's called FaceTime. FaceTime. And here's how it works. I have 20 questions oh inspired goodness. by a forensics category. You have 90 seconds to answer as many of these questions correctly as you can. You may skip a question, but you may not return to a question once it has been skipped. This episode's questions are inspired by oral interpretation of literature, which we often refer to by the acronym OIL. Your <laughs> questions will be all about words containing the three-letter combination O-I-L. So all the answers will contain O-I-L? Not necessarily, but somehow O-I-L. Royal. Your time begins when I finish reading... The first question. Okay. Are you ready? I guess. 212 degrees Fahrenheit is the blank point for water. Boiling point. Correct. Blank is an ornamental mat originally named for a fabric in the 17th century with the same name. It has oil in it? Um, yeah, I guess I have to skip that one. I don't know that one. In literature, <laughs> this is normally a character who contrasts... The foil! The very good. In, in what Shakespearean play do three witches chant double-double toil and trouble? Macbeth. Correct. A slinky, for example. A coil. Correct. In popular vernacular, if I'm about to reveal a crucial plot twist of a television show, movie, or book, I should precede my statement with... Spoiler alert. Correct. One of the earliest manufacturers of flushable toilets in England was, no joke, a man named Thomas... I, I don't know what that was. <laughs> Clearly, it's clever. Yes. Yes. Let's Crapper. Skip that. Derived That's from. That's oil that doesn't have oil in it. It was toilet. Derived oh, from the French oh. language, blank is used to call attention, to express satisfaction or approval, or to suggest an appearance as if by magic. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Derived from the French language, blank is used to call attention, to express. Voila. Correct. This comprises the top layer of the Earth's surface. Soil? Yep. In liquid, this means to move in a turbulent, swirling manner. I don't know. Royal. Oh, man. Eleven. Blank is used to lift the hull of a ship out of the water, reducing drag. Skip that. <laughs> and we're out of time. <laughs> oh, I lose this game. So, well, there's no losers. It's just how many did you get? Yeah. So, okay, so we had one, two, royal, three, though. four, five, six, example. seven. Actually, um, Royal was number 10. 
I know, I know. That's what I was saying. I, oh. missed, I skipped that question, even though I knew the answer. That's true. But I, yeah. I One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's not bad. That's uh, a failing grade. Eight out of twenty is a failing grade. Yes. Well, it's a good thing you're not being graded on this then. Yes. So, well, thank you so much for joining us, and I really appreciate your taking the time to be on Forensics Faces. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us for Forensics Faces. Special thanks to this episode's Forensics Face, Kathleen Melvin. Forensics Faces is recorded and edited by Kurt Graves. Our theme song is by Kate Lockwood. Check out more exclusive content online at ForensicsFaces.com, now featuring new columns Amazing Face by Ali Macknick and Eyes on the Prize, which features advice from WFCA coaches. Follow at Forensics Faces on Twitter and like us on Facebook to find out more. Forensics Faces is produced with the support of the WFCA, developing communication skills vital for a lifetime of effective participation in society. Find out more at wfcaforensics.org.